For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject Paul's Life and Letters, For or Against Torah. This is part nine of the series. So let's summarize the point that Paul is making here in the example that he's using in Romans chapter 2. Paul is comparing non-Jews who are not physically circumcised, but yet follow the Torah in their heart, showing that they have circumcised heart, versus a Jew who is physically circumcised, but yet in his lifestyle is not following the Torah, thus showing that he's uncircumcised in the heart. Let's see examples. Romans chapter 2 verse 13. Paul writes, it's not the hearers of the Torah that are just before God, but it's the doers of the Torah that will be justified. So Paul's advocating that non-Jews follow the Torah. The doers of the Torah will be justified. He says in Romans chapter 2 verse 14, when the Gentiles, which have not the Torah, or in other words, they grew up outside of covenant relationship with the God of Israel, if they do by nature the things contained in the Torah. If in their consciousness and in their conscience they do the things that are written in the Torah, which is primarily how you treat somebody, love your neighbors yourself, if they conduct their lives in a morally upright way, which is the heart of the Torah, that is doing the things contained in the Torah, do they not in doing so, Romans chapter 2 verse 15, show that the Torah is written in their heart? You see, the Torah written in our heart is the will of God. In Psalm in chapter 40 in verse 8, I delight to do your will, O my God. Yes, your Torah is within my heart. So the will of God is the Torah written upon our heart. And in Paul's example in Romans chapter 2 verse 15, he's speaking of a non-Jew who's demonstrating that the Torah is written in his heart. Now the Torah written in our heart is the new covenant. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 33 and Hebrews in chapter 8 and verse 10. Paul continues in this comparing and contrasting the non-Jew who shows that the Torah is written on his heart and is not circumcised versus the Jew who is circumcised and does not follow the Torah. Romans chapter 2 verse 17. For behold, you are called a Jew and you seek to follow the Torah or you rest in the Torah and thus you make your boast in God that you're truly following the God of Israel. And he says in Romans 2 23, you that boast of the Torah through breaking the 
Torah. Don't you dishonor God? Romans 2.25. For circumcision, here he's talking about physical circumcision, only benefits you. Now, what is physical circumcision? According to Genesis 17, 9 and 10, it's a sign of an established covenant relationship wherein you have been, been made righteous by faith and trusting in the God of Israel. That that sign of the covenant, the physical circumcision, only benefits you if you keep the Torah. In other words, if you show that you're circumcised in your heart. But if you don't keep the Torah, which means that you're going to be showing a stony heart and thus uncircumcised in your heart, then what good is the physical circumcision, which is the sign that you are a covenant person of the God of Israel, and thus you are showing through that sign and that seal that you are endeavoring to be a covenant keeper or a follower of the Torah. And so what good is the physical circumcision, the sign, if you're actually not following the Torah? That's the question that Paul is asking. So now in Romans chapter 2 verse 27, shall not uncircumcision, that is the non-Jew who believes in Yeshua as the Messiah, who by nature fulfills the Torah, and that is primarily he does that which is morally right and just and good. He doesn't lie, he doesn't cheat, he doesn't commit adultery, etc who by nature, if they fulfill the Torah, do they not show that the Torah is written upon their heart because they're being a doer of the Torah? Won't they who follow the Torah, won't the non-Jew who follow the Torah, Paul asks, judges those who are physically circumcised yet transgress the Torah? So what Paul's going to do in Romans chapter 2, verse 28, is he's going to do a wordplay on the meaning of the Hebrew word Jew, which in Hebrew is Yehudi, and a Jew or a Yehudi means a praiser of God. We can see this from Esther chapter 2, verse 5. Now in Shushan, the palace, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai. The word Jew is the Strong's number 3064, and it's the Hebrew word Yehudi. And Yehudi comes from the Strong's number 3063, which is Yehuda. And so somebody of the tribe of Judah, that is a Jew in Hebrew, he's Yehuda. And Yehuda comes from the Strong's number 3034, which is Yada, which means to praise or give thanks to God. So a Jew means a praiser of God. We can see this association in Genesis chapter 29, verse 35. It says in she, and here it's speaking of Leah, conceived and bare a son. And Leah said, now will I praise the Lord. And she called his name Yehuda, a praiser of God. So Paul is doing a play on the meaning in Hebrew that a Jew means a praiser of God when he writes in Romans chapter 2 verse 28 for he is not a Jew which means a praiser of God which is one outwardly so a, one that praises God isn't just somebody that is physically circumcised who also doesn't follow the Torah neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh so a praiser of God isn't one that's physically circumcised and doesn't follow the Torah but he says in Romans 2:29 that a Jew a praiser of God is one that praises God from having a circumcised heart whose circumcision is of the heart and the circumcision of the heart is by the spirit in the spirit and it's not of the latter it's not of the natural it's not of the physical and when you're circumcised in the 
heart and you're living your life according to the spirit of God, now that praise does not come from men, but it comes from God. So in traditional Christianity, Paul is explained and they say that Paul taught that through the death of Yeshua on the tree and in being saved by grace through faith that Paul taught that we are to follow the Holy Spirit and not follow the Torah because the law has been nailed to the cross. So, are we to follow the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. Paul taught that as many that are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God in Romans in chapter 8. We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 2 and Colossians chapter 2 because there are several verses in Ephesians and in Colossians that traditional Christianity takes and interprets from these verses that Paul was teaching that believers in Yeshua who are saved by grace through faith are not to express their faith in him by following his Torah. And what we're going to be looking at then in Ephesians is Ephesians in chapter 2 and verses 14 and 15, which reads, For he is our peace, and he has made both one, and he has broken down the middle wall of partition between us, and having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of the two one new man, so making peace. And then we're also in conjunction with these two verses, we're going to look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 14, which reads, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. And in conjunction with this verse, we're going to examine the meaning and the understanding of Colossians chapter 2, verse 16. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or respect of a holy day or the new moon or of the Sabbath days. Verse 17, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Messiah. And so these couple verses in Ephesians 2 and Colossians 2 are often quoted as proof texts that Paul was teaching believers in Yeshua as the Messiah that because they're saved by grace through faith that they're not supposed to follow the Torah. So let's examine Ephesians 2 and Colossians 2 more closely to see what Paul was actually trying to communicate. Now, Ephesians chapter 2 in verse 15 reads, having abolished in his flesh the the enmity, even the law of commandments. So this seems to imply that Paul was saying that through the death of Messiah that he abolished the Torah, the law of commandments contained in ordinances. But is that really what Paul is saying? Well, let's look at where it says the law of commandments contained in ordinances. The word ordinances is the Strong's number 1378 in the Strong's Greek Dictionary 
dictionary, and it's the Greek word dogma. And dogma means a decree. And this is something that a king would do, is he makes decree for the people that he is ruling over. And so what Paul is saying is being abolished is man-made doctrines and decrees that are contrary to Messiah and the teachings of Messiah. And what was Paul referring to here as man-made doctrines and decrees? It ultimately is a reference to the Pharisaic viewpoint of the God of Israel and as they saw the Torah. And as we've covered in this teaching on Paul and his life and his ministry, that the Pharisees and the rabbis, that they had decrees of the rabbis, which the rabbis taught were binding upon the people, that they say the reason why they were binding upon the people is because God gave the authority for the rabbis to make decrees and rulings regarding the Torah. Therefore, the Pharisees, the rabbis teach that the rabbis' rulings, they are the same as written scripture. And as has been explained in this teaching, that Paul himself, he grew up in learning the Bible through the eyes of the Pharisaic perspective. And when he met Yeshua on the road to Damascus, he had to reevaluate everything that he had been taught. So in order to do that, he had to get away and be by himself for a while and allow himself through this now revelation of Yeshua being the Messiah and with the help and the direction of the Holy Spirit to reevaluate what the Torah and the scriptures are teaching and saying. And so that's why Paul went from city to city as he traveled from place to place, as we're told in the book of Acts, that he went to synagogues where there were both Jews and non-Jews who were following and expressing faith in the God of Israel in those synagogues. And so, therefore, the non-Jews who were attending in the synagogues with the Jews, and there were Jewish believers in Yeshua and Jews that were not believers in Yeshua in the synagogue. And so, the non-Jews were being told particularly by the Jews who did not believe in Yeshua as the Messiah that the way that they were to follow Torah was to follow the dogma of of the rabbis. So Paul's encountering the same issue and the same problem wherever he goes. He addresses the same issue in his different letters. And so next we're going to see that dogma is a reference to a man-made decree and one form of a man-made decree is a decree that is made by a king or a ruler. So in Luke chapter 2 verse 1 it is written, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree, a dogma from Caesar Augustus. And so dogma is a decree of a king. We can see the word dogma being used as a decree of a man-made ruler in Acts chapter 17 verse 7 as it is written, whom Jason hath received and these all do contrary to the dogma of Caesar, the decrees of Caesar. So what Paul said, what was
was abolished and nailed to the cross was the following of man-made decrees and dogma that if you believed in the God of Israel, if you believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, that you were not to follow man-made decrees that comes from the rabbis and when they are contrary to written scripture, but you are to be led in your faith by the indwelling Holy Spirit, which Paul taught that those who do, they are the sons of God in Romans chapter 8 in verse 14. And so the issue that Paul is addressing in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 14 and 15 is the same issue that he's addressing in Colossians chapter 2. And in Colossians chapter 2 verse 16, it says, let no man judge you. And so taken out of its context, this verse has been interpreted in traditional Christianity to mean that if you do not keep the Sabbath and the festivals and the new moon, that you're not to be judged for not doing so. And the reason why you're not to be judged for not doing so is because verse 17, it is taught and explained. They're just a shadow of things. And they emphasize that they are a shadow. In other words, they had a role to play at one time, but they're being a shadow. They're not the real thing that pertains to today. But it says they are a shadow of something to come, which means they are a blueprint for us and they are meant to teach us about something that is to come. What would be the something that is to come? It would be the things pertaining to Yeshua's second coming, but the body or the substance of the Sabbath and the festivals and the new moon, the substance of what they are about, they are about the Messiah. The body of it is the Messiah. And so the problem problem here that Paul is addressing Colossians chapter 2 is these people who are coming and judging believers in Yeshua as the Messiah. But what are they teaching? What are they saying? Who is these men that are doing this? Well, let's go back and look at it in context. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 4, it is written, In this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. So now Paul's addressing the people or any man that's coming in and trying to beguile primarily non-Jewish believers in Yeshua as the Messiah in the synagogue with their enticing words. Colossians chapter 2 verse 8, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men. So these are things that human beings are teaching. And so the Bible is not a tradition of man. The Bible is is the written word of God inspired by the Holy Spirit. So the written word of God inspired by the Holy Spirit is in contrast to these people who's coming into the assemblies and they are teaching man's philosophies and man's traditions and not after the Messiah. And goes on to say in Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 blotting out the handwriting of ordinances. So this is been interpreted that what's been blotted out is the Torah. No, what's been blotted out is ordinances. And this is the 
Strong's number 1378 in the Strong's Greek Dictionary. And once again, it's dogma. And so Paul is saying that Messiah is blotting out dogma, man-made traditions, man-made philosophies, and the rudiments of the natural world that is in conflict to faith in Messiah. And so it's the man who's coming into the assemblies with human philosophies and the teachings and the doctrines and the traditions of men that's enticing you and beguiling you. And that person is not to judge you in meat or in drink or respect of a holy day or the new moon of the Sabbath, which implies that they were judging you in respect to how you eat, what you eat, and how you worship and celebrate, keeping the Sabbath, keeping the festivals, and celebrating the new moon. And so in what way would they be judging you after the traditions of men? Well, they would be telling you that the way in which you keep the Sabbath, the way in which you keep the annual festivals, the way in which you keep the new moon, the the way in which you eat your food is not the proper way to do these things. So what would be a practical example of how these people that were doing these things, what would be an example today? Well, we know biblically that we're to keep the Sabbath. The Sabbath was established by the Creator in creation as a blueprint for His creation. And who's the Creator? It's Yeshua. John chapter 1 verse 3, John chapter 1 verse 10 tells us that Yeshua created the heavens and the earth. So Yeshua, when He created the heavens and the earth, He rested on the seventh day. He kept Sabbath. And so keeping the Sabbath is biblical. But today, and a non-Jew seeking to keep the Sabbath, perhaps someone would come and say, you're not keeping the Sabbath right. Now, it's a Jewish custom and tradition that as the Sabbath arrives, that you're going to distinguish between the arrival of the Sabbath and the six working days, and you're going to do that by lighting two candles, and you're going to be saying certain prayers, and so that is a Jewish custom. So if somebody would come to you who may also be keeping the Sabbath just like you and say, you're not keeping the Sabbath right because you did not light two candles to start the Sabbath. And actually, in Jewish tradition, you light the two candles 18 minutes before the sun goes down. So if they came to me and said, well, you know, you're not keeping the Sabbath right because you didn't light two candles 18 minutes before the sun goes down. Well, this is a custom of the Jewish people from the teaching in the influence of the rabbis. So it may have cultural meaning, but it's not biblical commandment. And so it was those who were influenced by the Pharisees in rabbinic Judaism that were judging the non-Jews regarding their practice of the observance of the Torah that Paul was now telling these non-Jewish believers to do not allow themselves 
supposed to be influenced by what these people are saying according to the dogma, the traditions of men. And Paul goes on to say that the Sabbath, the new moon, the festivals, the dietary laws, they are a blueprint or they are a shadow and they will teach you of something to come. And since Yeshua had already died on the tree, whenever Paul is writing these letters and he says that those things tell us of something to come, what would they then tell us about if it's future, if it's to come? It's about Messiah's second coming. So how many of you heard teachings about how the dietary laws teach about Messiah's second coming? Or how the Sabbath and the festivals and the new moon teach about Messiah's second coming? Paul says that they do because he says the body or the substance or the heart of the Sabbath, the new moon, the festivals, the dietary laws, the heart of what their purpose is, is to teach you about the Messiah. So in order to show that this is the context that these men were doing coming into your assemblies, Paul goes on to say in Colossians chapter 2 verse 20, Well, that's going to conclude part 9 of the series on the subject, Paul's life and letters, for or against Torah. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.